Section 7 of the Mounties in the News. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Defeated by the Indians. Colonel Otter routed by Chief Poundmaker. His forces compelled to leave their dead and wounded on the field of battle. Saskatchewan Landing, May 5th, via Swift Current, Northwest Territory. A mail courier has just arrived from Battleford with the following dispatch, dated May 3rd. A flying column of 300 men from Battleford had an engagement with Poundmaker's force of 600 Indians at his reserve, lasting from 5 o'clock in the morning till noon yesterday. The troops lost 8 killed and had 12 wounded. The Indians' loss is estimated at 50. Colonel Otter covered 70 miles, fought the battle, and returned inside of 30 hours. The men behaved magnificently. The list of killed is as follows. Corporals Lorry and Slate and Bugler Burke of the Northwest Police, Privates Osgood and Rogers of the Guards, Private Dobbs of C Company, Bugler Falkers of C Company, the wounded are Sergeant Ward of the Police, Lieutenant Pelche, Sergeant Geffney, Corporal Morton and Gunner Reynolds of B Battery, Sergeant Major Jackson of C Company, Colonel Sergeant Witter and Private McCulkin of the Guards. Sergeant Cooper and Privates Vary and Watts of the Queen's Own, and Private Gilbert of Battleford. Winnipeg, Manitoba, May 5th. The fight near Battleford yesterday was a fierce one, and resulted disastrously for the troops, who were much outnumbered. Before Colonel Otter's arrival had plundered and burned houses at Battleford, and slain many of the settlers. The rest of them took refuge in the barracks, and held out for several days without food or water many of them almost dead with starvation. When Colonel Otter with 300 men reached town after a week's march from Capel, they found the Indians besieging the barracks and the besieged just at the point of surrendering to the Redskins. He arrived just in time and began an attack on Poundmaker's forces, which numbered between six and 800. Colonel Otter's force consisted of the Queen's own Rifle Battalion of Toronto, mounted police under Colonel Hirchmer, the Ottawa foot guards, and mounted volunteers from Battleford. When Colonel Otter arrived, the fight was commenced, the troops firing from shelter of bushes, trees, etc., and picking off the redskins with great rapidity. Probably fifty Indians bit the dust before they made a dash at the troops, and then a fearful hand-to-hand -hand encounter took place, in which the troops suffered terribly. Colonel Otter had a narrow escape, his horse having been shot under him, and two bullets passing through his hat. The encounter began at five o'clock in the morning, and lasted till noon, Colonel Otter's force eventually retiring to the barracks, leaving more than thirty dead and wounded on the field. The battleground was covered with the dead and dying of both sides. When the troops retired, the Indians fired after them, and afterward withdrew to their reserve a few miles distant where they were fortifying themselves for another encounter, which certainly will take place. Colonel Otter receives reinforcements. The bodies of the city volunteers killed in the Battle of Fish Creek were brought here this evening, and a public funeral takes place tomorrow. All will be buried in the same grave. The whole city is in mourning. Humboldt, Northwest Territory, May 5th. The line between here and Clark's Crossing has been down since Saturday morning. A courier has just arrived from General Middleton's camp. He reports all quiet up there, 
and that the men are anxious to move. The general is waiting for the Gatling gun on board the Northcott, which is, or was, aground eighty miles up the river from the camp. He has sent men to bring it overland, and it is expected in seven or eight days. The wounded have arrived at Saskatoon. Ottawa, May 5th. In the House of Commons today, Mr. Caron, Minister of Militia, read a telegram from General Turnbull, dated Touchwood, May 3rd, to the effect that the Indians were all quiet in that region, that every one was satisfied with the arrangements made for the comfort of the troops, and that those who grumbled were not fit to be soldiers. Mr. Small asked if the government would recognize the services of the volunteers in a substantial manner. The Premier replied that the question would engage attention at the proper time. Princess Louise, in addition to her gift of tobacco and pipes for the volunteers at the front, cabled as follows. If acceptable, I promise to send ambulance appliances and a few men. Mr. Caron cabled as follows. Kind offer gratefully accepted. Canada receives gifts at hands of Princess, whose good wishes and kindness are so fondly remembered among us. Toronto, May 5th. A private communication from the Masonic Grand Lodge of Manitoba on the Northwest Rebellion has got into the newspapers here. It states that the hostility displayed by the half-breeds to Major Crozier of the Mounted Police at Duck Lake, where a massacre took place, was the outcome of Freemasonry. Early in February, a lodge was opened at Battleford under a dispensation from the Grand Lodge of Manitoba, with Crozier as master. This fact, combined with the opening of a number of other similar lodges throughout the Northwest Territories, was viewed with alarm by missionary Roman Catholic priests, who look upon the Northwest as a land where the French language and Roman Church must be paramount. The opposition to the masonry was carefully instilled into the minds of the half-breeds by the priests, who look upon the officers and men of the mounted police as enemies of their religion. Before the opening of the lodge at Battleford, Crozier was a general favourite, but since his connection with the craft was publicly announced, the hostility of the half-breeds was open and avowed. The priests are, the communication says, at the bottom of this northwest trouble. New York Times, May 6, 1885 End of Section 7